found it, the Japan What Podcast. Blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo, I'm your host, Matt Bigelow. And with me as always, twice a month is... One Twenty, here on the microphone for you. All right, we've got a big day today. We've got a lot to do. We are, of course, recording this on an epic day, the last day of the Trump administration with uh, Joe Biden coming in tomorrow. We don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Uh, no one knows what's going on. And Biden's op- hiding. Biden's hiding. And um, there's opportunism everywhere. Uh, it's kind of an interesting interesting thing. I'm, I don't really care a lot about it because I'm Canadian living in Japan. Right. But I always think about like the American relationship with Japan as a trade agreement and with Canada as well as trade and when I, I, I'm just wondering like how this balance of power is going to shift between Japan and China and America. No one cares about Canada. Right, right. Despite what every Canadian thinks, nobody cares about you, Canada. Oh, my God. I'm a Canadian. More people know about New Zealand all over the world. I know Drake. That's like what I know about Canada. Chaos is good. But um, yeah. So we don't know what's happening. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, we have the SOFA agreement with Japan as well. And we have numerous bases here. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how the dynamic changes once we have somebody in office who is a veteran, in fact. Who's that? Joe Biden. Is he a veteran? Yeah, he's a veteran. All right. Well, congratulations to the veteran of of, of America, Joe Biden. (laughs) Um, so related to that is the CIA. I was on Twitter today and I don't follow the CIA on Twitter, but I follow people who follow the CIA on Twitter. And there was a massive document dump from the CIA today about UFOs. Right. So I went to the CIA website with their archives, with their FOIAs, and I searched about UFOs in Japan. And I downloaded some released documents from the CIA about cables they received from Japan related to UFOs. Pretty crazy, huh? I've, I've never, that's something I've never actually thought about, like whether or not uh, there was, whether or not there was even UFO activity going on in Japan. But it makes sense, you know, Korea, North Korea sends their missiles over here to crash in the ocean, so... You never know. You know. And, you know, whatever, UFOs. Like, you, some people are like, man, they're from this clouds of Jupiter. And other people are like, no, there are no UFOs. I, I really don't know, you know. All I know is this. Space is infinity, and you can choose on two sides of infinity. Right. UFOs or no UFOs. I think there's UFOs, man. Me too. And I'll tell you why, because it is almost... This universe is so enormous, and we're so dumb, right? And those two uh, in, things in the stage of our evolution, <laughs> right? I mean, those those two facts alone, in all seriousness, like would point to there being some sort of, uh, you know, aliens or or UFOs or something like that. Um, even I mean, until you know what it is, it's a UFO, right? That's right. And we can say things like you're saying some mysterious North Korean aircraft. Everyone's like, oh my God, what's happening? But if you're like, some mysterious aircraft, possibly not of this earth, everyone's like, go take a dump on your face, you idiot, right? right? But right. I'm like... The moon landing was staged. Yeah. And Nazis are having uh, moon bases on the opposite side of the moon, on the on the far side of the moon, right. communicating with their secret bases in the Antarctic lakes. <laughs> who, who the fuck knows? But these are actual documents released by the CIA about Japan and UFOs and, 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 and this type of activity. And I got two that I want to read in brief, just because why the hell not, right? right? I'd like to hear about aliens. Well, we got we got possibly that. So this one comes from so because it's like I don't know when it, if this was released in today's document dump by the CIA, but I went and looked on the website. This one's from February 1993. It's about Japan, and this is the subject: Ministry to Study Psychic Powers, UFOs for Future Industry. And this comes to us on uh, <clears throat> from Kyoto. Japan's bureaucrats are beginning to take the burgeoning New Age industries seriously with a plan to study supernatural phenomena, including psychic powers and even unidentified flying objects, uh, government officials said Friday. 
Um, the scientific approach will also be tried with telepathy, UFOs, and other parapsychological and occult phenomena. Long ignored, but gaining credibility of late in the scientific community. This is 1993. My God. Um, and then the, uh, I'm just skipping through the document. I don't want to read the whole thing, but the last paragraph says, one example of the possible applications is a home use device which emits supersonic waves to relax people by giving them the illusion they are sitting in a forest, they said. What? What? Is this, is this like an early predication of, of VRs? <laughs> did someone have a did someone have a vision? Now I'm wondering oh what these God. Wi-Fi devices are doing everywhere. Right, right. Because right. you could easily just incorporate the frequency of, of, of the signal. You could, man. Into complacency, complacency, complacency. That could be it. It's not working on me. It doesn't work on me either, man. No, no, I'm digging deep. That's generally because my Wi-Fi is messed up, but that's okay. Yeah. They're also looking at clairvoyance, uh, and it's uh, likely to be set up in 1995. It's the brainchild of a government panel established last November to study the creation of an industry more sensitive uh, to human needs for art, inner peace, and other intangible things. Ooh. Doom. We, we need the uh, the, sci- the, the um, Twilight Zone theme to play right about now. I got. Oh, I have this <laughs> one. Weird corner. UFOs. What do we know about them? Are they here among us? And why is the government studying them? I am Jesse Ventura, and I live off the grid. And we are using telepathy. So, anyways, that's actually that. That's just a report. I'm not saying that the Chinese. Um, Nothing. I'm not saying that this is all true. Or whatever. It's just that was released by the CAA. Right. We're talking about a dream job. Like you go into the government job and like we want you to study parapsychology and make waves that make people feel good. Dude, yeah. like, they just sit around the office and watch Cheech and Chong all day. I know, <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just drink all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> but don't tell us about your cannabis project. Studying telepathy, man. <laughs> Get in touch with Mother Nature. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, we got another one here. Uh, and this one is from, this is again is from the CIA.org. And this comes to us from uh, the country of origin, Japan, seaside town to build a center for UFO study. And this comes to us from January 1994. A lot of the documents that I found about Japan on the CIA website is like Cold War, um, World War II stuff. But I think when, like the... When 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 your army came to Japan, right? A lot of this stuff just doesn't get released, right? Because it's right. too sensitive. Some release, man. We don't have the copyrights on it. A small city on the Japan seaside coast is aiming to become an international center for the study of unidentified flying objects. A city official said Friday, <laughs> Hakui in Ishikawa Prefecture is engaged in an ambitious project to build a center on UFOs and other space phenomena over the next two years. The center's main attraction will be a library where both specialists and the general public will be able to gain access to over 10,000 official documents relating to UFO phenomena. That's a lot of paperwork. Yep, and uh, they're provided in both Japanese and English. And I just skipped down to the bottom because that's usually where they say efforts are underway to gather even more information through a network of enthusiasts in 12 other countries. Nice. We do not intend to offer our own conclusion on the existence of UFOs, the government official said. Rather, we just want to provide people with information so that they can make their own judgment. Thank you, government. That's actually very reasonable of you. That is very reasonable. And it's like tax uh, dollars. Why can't we do that? Right, right. It's like when they uh, they leave you uh, leave the end of the movie up to you. It kind of blanks out before the guy gets shot. Oh, that's you know? right. That's it. We'll leave it up to you as to whether UFOs exist or not. Our producers think we might have a sequel. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I don't know what to think about UFOs. I believe in the possibility of UFOs. I think it's very likely that UFOs and aliens exist and telepathy and these things. I, I just don't know where to start. Yeah, I think everybody usually says, like, usually when they're younger, when I was younger, I saw this thing. I don't know what it was. Right, or right. I was looking at the stars, and I thought it was a shooting star. And then Something weird right happened, turn. man. Or it's like I saw a giant triangle fly over my city. I, I have the footage, but it's only old grainy Nokia footage yeah. from like 1990. <laughs> exactly. And who again, who knows? Is it a breakaway? We can speculate all day long. Right. But, um, I just, that's why I like to stick to documents these days because it's like, okay, 
I open up my Twitter, right. and it's the CIA telling me to go to their website and look at the new UFO document dump. I'm like, okay, I got 20 minutes. Let's see yeah, what I can yeah. drudge up. Man, that's what I got. Make sure you follow our other page, CIA.org. Well, the other one that I had that wasn't related to UFOs was the probability of a communist assault on Japan in 1951 with the Soviets and the North Koreans working together or something like that. That's Hokkaido. dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy. There's still a lot of this... A lot of the people in charge were like a direct inheritance of right. of that time period because most of the Japanese politicians in charge are in their seventies right now. So whatever they thought, that's kind that's, of incorporated from what, that age. Right, right. None of them can code. None of them know how to operate. I wonder, a like, are these drive. guys were they just there in the office one day? You know, some young Gen Z kid comes in. All right, man, like you're gonna have to run the CIA Twitter campaign now. So you guys need to work, learn how analytics and metrics work. Like, was that? Was that a meeting? Uh, it probably is at some point you know? in the game, you know, because you got to train up these kids. Which to... document is more top secret? That's right. Which one do you release, you know? Which one's a leaked and which one's a leaked? Because depending if it's leaked, you can get promoted. Right. Or if it's leaked, you'll get fired. Right, right. So what kind of leak is it? What kind of leak is it, right? Is it the, the leak that people do to get promoted? <laughs> or is it the leak that people do that ends up getting them fired? Maybe that's a kind of a thing, you know, with the CIA. You just need to roll the dice and use your judgment. If you judge wrong, then you're fired. Well, Trump didn't pardon Edward Snowden or Julian Assange. So they did the leak that got you fired. They did the wrong leak. Yeah, the firing leak. Shout out to Edward Snowden. Yo, Snowden, changing the conversation. We do have a uh, caller coming in. Um... Uh, yeah, no problem. So he's going to call in in about five minutes. So you got, you got a little five-minute or what's going on there, Michael120? I've got a five-minute. So what I want to do for this one is my camera tip, I think, because my camera tip is it has it's the least long-winded. Sure, and so, just to clarify, you are a professional photographer that does get clients, and I, you are hustling out I there am out in here. the real world with your gear. Yeah. Getting contracts, getting paid. That's right. We are we are out there. We're in the streets. Uh, we are at a school or photography studio near you. You're not uh, just someone with a bunch of gear at home that wants to give advice. No, no, no. I'm a, a professional photographer. I work within the Japanese industry. I've worked definitely with something you people listening to are wearing. So, uh, yeah, we we uh, we book a lot of clients, and uh, but I'm an assistant. I'm an assistant. I have my own photography company out here in Japan, and we, and you know, I do what I can with my company, and everything else is assistant work. But we definitely book clients, and we definitely do jobs, and um, yeah, we're making our way. So, and um, mind you, my uh, my credibility here is just only things that I've had experience with, not things that I don't know about. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I want to make a correction about uh, Joe Biden. I don't think he was a veteran. His son. Was. I want to retract it. Yeah, yeah. Bo, I think his name. Well, I'm just not 100% sure, so I don't want to speculate. Sure. Is that what they say? Uh, his son served. One of his sons uh, di- was a military um, veteran. All right. And that per- that that son died. I not like- Hunter, the crackhead. Ah. With the videos of him smoking crack and getting foot jobs. That's never good for anybody but the sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to go into our camera tip of the day. So if your camera gets wet with water or any other kind of uh, you know liquid, the first thing you should do is take the battery out. Matt, do you know why? I was just going to say, um, well, um, it could explode. It could explode, but what will more likely happen is that it'll short. And, um, and, it, and it, so it won't be the water itself or rust or anything like that that did the damage. It'll be you putting the battery in and your repeated attempts to, to turn it on after letting it dry for a bit. I think the best thing for you to do is to do the rice method, stick it in some rice yeah, over, yeah. overnight, right? Because rice will absorb the water. Right, it absorbs the water. Moisture, and, whatever it is. But not only that, it'll even if it's something sticky, because it's absorbed that moisture, there's just a lot less for it to work with, a lot better chance that your camera will work. How do I know this? Uh, because I recently bought a new camera, uh, I want to say four months ago. We had a freak accident. I was carrying my camera in my camera bag. And um, I also had a Chuhai in the pocket, and it exploded. This has never happened. This is the first time this has ever happened in my life. I've dropped a can of soda. It's exploded. But it's never just exploded in my bag. The can exploded, and it, I mean, it got 
really in the worst way. You know, I took my lens off. It was just dripping with gunk. You know, I was oh, like, there's no way. That takes <laughs> time. The lens there's can no survive because it's right. glass. The lens can survive because it's, I mean, it, it, it had been in there. Or whatever, yeah. The, the can was empty, man. It had been in there. It had been in there for a while. And I didn't notice until I was, you know, I was walking home and I was like, my back's wet, man. And um, and I, <laughs> and so I throw my bag off like it's a fire. And I think maybe something electric in there. Thank God I didn't have my MacBook in there. But, you know, I thought this is worst case scenario. And I pull out my camera and I'm like, okay, this is wet. This is really wet. I need to get in the house. I don't want to do it out there right then and there. So I get in the house, which is a minute walk away. Get in the house and, and I can just see the damage. You know, you look at a thing that's broken and you're like, oh, it can't be that bad. Okay, yeah, it's not that bad. Like, no, this was as bad as possible. So, yeah, I had to shell out, buy a new camera. So, yeah, if your camera gets wet... Do not put the battery in. Do not try to power it on. Something I learned uh, through trial and error. Oh, not the battery will short. The battery will short yeah, the, the camera. The battery will short the motherboard motherboard out with the uh, power going oh. to it. I've, I've, I've never gotten my camera wet. So it's never been a thing I've had to deal with. And you know? once the motherboard shorted, that's good, it. You're good done. luck. You're, yeah, it's like a it's like a headshot. Right. Yeah, that's, that's it's a headshot, man. It's, it's like done. putting a, a revolver against some person's. You know. Head you know. I actually put it. I actually put it in the rice. I had it in there for a few hours. Had it in there uh, five or six hours because I had a shoot. You know, the next day. And so you actually, use the camera. <laughs> right, right. So I have a shoot the next day. So I actually went and bought a camera brand new uh, the next day, but. Uh, before that, I thought we can we can still do this. It will survive. This camera has been trusty forever. It it was really on its last leg, but you know I I tried and I tried and I tried, and it was when I put my battery in and I and I dried it out for a little bit and I thought, hey, like this might work. And I hear a tss, and I thought that's my imagination, you know. And I smell <laughs> and I and I think I smell something, but I'm like that's. Yeah. No, no, that's that's just how cameras smell. They smell like plastic. That's what happens when yeah, things happens, get repaired. Man. So I, I let it I let it sit there another six hours while I sleep. Wake up in the morning. I put the battery back in and I try it again. And I hear another. Tss. This time there's a wisp of smoke. So I thought, yeah, this is this is this is. So you know, but I thought maybe I don't know anything about cameras. So I'll 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 let this sit for a week. Let it sit for a week. I have a buddy of mine, real good friend of mine, great teacher. He's taught me a lot about photography, a lot about film. He comes by, takes one look at it. He's like, yeah, man, it's dead, man. It's done, man. No, it's done. You know, like when a, mecha- know, a good mechanic camera, looks at your car, yeah, he's yeah, like, man, yeah. this is total, man. He, he looks, takes one look at it. He's like, oh, man, it got on the inside. Oh, yeah, no, it's done, bro. He, he was just, you know, breathing deeply, looking at my camera. I'm like, man, yeah, I know. I know. So the lesson is. Do not put the battery in. I mean, really let that thing sit for five days at least. Once uh, in the early days of the smartphones, I had a, a, a iPhone 3 or whatever, mm. and I, I dropped it in a toilet full of my piss. Wow. And I put it in rice for a few days. Right. It barely even worked, even then. It's a salt. From my piss? Yeah, it's a salt. Fuck. It's a salt, man. You know the uh, Okinawa. There's a military base out there, so this yeah. is kind of unre- related, but unrelated. What's, no. what's the name of the military? Ha- there's Kinzer. There's Kadena. There's yeah. uh, no, Oh, I'm getting Japanese on you now. I know there's Kinzer, Kadena. I was uh, Kadena, Kadena, Kadena. That's interesting because I've only heard it said the Japanese. There's way. Hansen. That's the one you go to fight. Uh, yeah, I heard. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. So there's all those bases out there. So one problem that we have being on the base is. So since you're so close to the ocean, the trucks, you know, it's just, there's a lot of salt just around. There's a lot of salt water just around. Like, I mean, the military base, Kinzer, is literally right on the water. Oh, no. And, wrap it up. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought your call was coming. No. Okay, so, the, so there's a lot of salt, you know, around. There's a lot of salt water. And so what happens is when you're repairing a truck for something like a radio, per se, you repair the truck for the radio, and that takes a month or so. But what happens is usually it takes so long to fix the radio that by the time you run the check on the truck again, then now there's salt water damage. Now there's rust damage. Now it has to be repainted again. I've seen that cycle go on for like a year, man. That's brutal. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. So whether it's trucks, cameras, whatever it is. Or piss in the phone. Piss in the phone. It's not a good idea to get it wet, but if you do... Let it dry. Let Don't it try and dry. use it. Don't try and use it. All right. Well, um, I'm trying to get this. All right. Here we go. Let's get this call going. Let's do it. 
joining us now on the phone, calling in is, you know, it's one of those things. Is it Josiah? Josiah? (laughs) Josiah. Yeah. Josiah. Oh, it's Josiah. I've gotten that wrong every time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know, right? Yeah. You never know. You know, it's hard in this country too, because people are like, eh, eh, like Musukashi, ne? And I'm like, no, no, no. Just, you know, there's a Japanese name called Saya. And just add Joe in front of it. And they're like, oh, Musukashi. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so then I show them in katakana and, and people are like, oh, Josiah. Ah, naruhodo, naruhodo. Like, Hi, naruhodo, ne, naruhodo. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's. Got it. Yeah, All right, anyway. well, let me introduce you here. Uh, Josiah Holly, his newest tracks feature funk infused RB with soulful falsetto and signature edgy vocals. Ooh. After making a splash on TV as a top 10 finalist for NBC's The Voice under Usher, the Josiah Voice. wrestled to separate himself from the popular cover songs he sang. It wasn't until leaving The Voice that he, fa- he fully explored his R&B roots to create his own sound. Born and raised in Fort Smith, Arkansas, into a family of music lovers and a father who is mm-hmm. a multifaceted musician, Josiah mm-hmm. quickly learned that to succeed in music, he had to keep stepping and adapting in a constantly shifting industry. Mm-hmm. Josiah's new AMP, or sorry, EP includes the singles, I Just Want Your Love, You're the One, and I'm Gonna Let You Go. He recorded and produced the songs in L.A. and in Tokyo. Josiah, welcome to the Japan Web Podcast with me, your host, Matt Bigelow, and Michael on the other line here. 120 on your line. What's up, Matt? Michael, boys, thank you for the intro. Nice to meet you. You too, man. Thanks for calling in. So um, are you currently in Tokyo? I am in Tokyo. I've been here three and a half years now. Three and a half years. And... Um, of course, everything is revolving around the state of emergency and the pandemic. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you had this uh, you had this encounter with the voice and being on stage and getting all mm. like, I got this song and I'm doing wicked recordings in the studio. Well, what's mm. going on now, man? Man, it's an interesting year. You know, I had uh, with more than music, I had some shows set up back in March. Uh, actually five shows to be precise. And then uh, the emergency happened and everything got shut down. Again. Um, so that, well, that was the original plan back this uh, back in 2020. And so then it was literally like, oh, so basically I don't have any performances until December. I played Christmas Day. That was the, uh, the first full band performance that I had last year in 2020 was uh, Christmas Day. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and then, you know, obviously another emergency now. So it's just, it's really been interesting. So I've spent a lot of time writing. Uh, I've spent some time reading, actually reading different books. Nice, um, nice. What are you reading? Oh, man. What is the last book that I read? There's one called The One Thing. Uh, I don't read a ton of nonfiction, but this one stood out. Um, and basically the author's, he's quite incredible, very successful business owner. I think he runs, founded and runs Keller Williams Realty. That's uh, Gary Keller's thing, right? That's it. Yeah. Yep. So the one thing, and so it's pretty great. And, uh, yeah, he just says, focus on the one thing basically. And so the first thing he did when he talks about it was firing himself as the CEO so he could focus on his own thing, what he knows he does best. And mm. then the company thrived mm. and all of this. So it's like, okay, so trying to boil it down, like, okay, what is, what's the one thing I can't perform live. I, so it's like, so what can I do? You know, even studios, some of the studios are closed. So it's like, well, I'm not going to record. So right. what, what can I focus on? So I've decided to focus on like, like content. It's about the thing? content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. I mean, 2021, it's changing a little bit. Uh, the new one thing, which is also, uh, it's about connection. Right, right. So last year was like content, getting content built up, getting prepped, getting ready. 2021 is actually more about connection uh, in that now officially I'm doing full-time Japanese language school. Wow, congratulations. Which, that's, a, that's a big step. I've been here eight years and I have not done that man yeah I've but you know what a few I, times it's kind of rough because you don't always get what you want out of it but you end, it up, you end up getting something you know really oh. yeah yeah uh, man i heard both of you talk i listened to some of your podcasts i heard both of you talk and your accents are like perfect so like you sound like you guys are like nihonjin when you speak oh, so, you, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 yeah
See, 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 there you go. There you go. Like, no. I'm just like, sumimasen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick. You got to be good enough at it to trick people. Oh, man. Yeah. So finally, I'm doing, well, I'm trying to do it, right? I'm doing it. It's a very, it's a short term. It's like a three-month thing. But the goal is to get conversational. You know, like, I just want to be able to walk into a bar anywhere or walk into a store anywhere and actually have a conversation with somebody longer than five seconds or 30 seconds, you know? Mm. Man, for you guys listening out there, I think uh, one way to to exercise that if you can't afford language school is just Mm. going to a bar and talking to people. You'll find a lot of times Japanese Mm. people want to talk. They're just shy to talk. But when they're drinking, it's a little bit better. (laughs) A little bit better. I used to go That's to a so bar true. called Zen Pussy in Nishi Ogikubo, <laughs> but it wasn't dirty at all. Just the woman who ran it was like this real wild child who a opened up a bar. But you get this really interesting artistic scene there, and you'd end up forcing yourself to talk to all these artists and then end up doing some live shows with them from time to time as well. But, Amazing. but going into the, the language school itself, you're forced to expand outside of your own comfort zone. But yeah. like, what what do you see going on with um with 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 content? Like, do you see live shows coming back to where they were, or do you see like a a shift in the industry? I'm always kind of wondering about this because I used to play mm. a lot of live shows up until about sure. two years ago, mm. um, and I've kind of just been setting up my own home recording studio, which takes time, mm. you know. But like, yep. I'm just like mm. wondering. I wonder what what moving forward, what's this going to look like? Mm. I mean, that's a great question. Uh, my thought, to be honest, I I thrive on being in in the company of other people. Like I, mm. I love that. So when I'm stuck at home, which has been a lot of this year, man, I start to go crazy, and so I have to get out just so I can breathe and feel so, freedom. Mm-hmm. And and so to have everything canceled for so long, I think people are going to be like, man, as soon as things are open, as soon as the vaccines are rolled out, maybe even might be second generation or whatever before everybody feels comfortable. But once it goes down enough, I think it's just going to be like an explosion of entertainment and live shows and people are going to be like, finally, let's go. Yeah. I think so too. So I'm I'm also thinking like right now might be a time to kind of hunker down, batten right. down the right. matches. Develop some skills. <laughs> Refine your artist image. Yeah, kind of like, you know, make, making fun of preppers in a way, but making your own bunker until this thing kind of blows over instead of trying to make mm. it while it's going on. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's essentially capitalizing off of COVID-19, which I don't necessarily, I think that's something you need to be aware of. I don't think it's something people consciously do. People might think, oh, well, everyone wants masks, so I guess I'll sell masks. At a higher yeah. price, I can make money. And so I think as a musician, it's important that we don't necessarily try and like ignore what's going on. Like you said, you haven't done that many shows. Myself, I'm a musician as well. I haven't done that many shows. I had a big, big thing planned for the 16th. Didn't do it. We canceled it. Yeah. Broke my heart. But I think that this has been a been a really, really uh, important time for me to learn about metrics, to learn about my audience, to learn about mm. where my crowd is, where my audience is, and to refine my image. So it's all three of us are musicians, and I think, like uh, Matt was saying, that th- when this is over, there will, if you have, I used this analogy before, right? Mm. The Olympics are coming to Tokyo. We know this. Yep. Once travel travel bans are up. People are all yep. going to come to Tokyo. Everyone wants to come to Tokyo. They want to travel, right? They want to see what Tokyo been up to while the, the thing's been shut down. So yep. if you sell oranges in Tokyo and you're still selling oranges and your orange business is set up when the Olympics take off, when this ban is up, you're going to sell yeah. all your freaking oranges, man. And that's all yeah. I have to say on it. <laughs> you're going to sell that every like, orange. That was like such a big setup. To like just boom bomb real quick and be like, and I'm done. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> that was so good. Like, if you're selling oranges and you're still selling oranges, guess what? You're gonna be sold out of every your oranges. orange every day. <laughs> uh, you know what? Are I, be sore at the I, tips. I agree with you. It's true. I, I think it's just about being consistent and being ready to go. Yeah, you're right, man. Mm. That's great. Mm. Hey man, how would you compare the differences between recording in LA and recording in Tokyo? Ooh, juicy. Man, uh, there's 
I'm sure there's a lot of great recording studios here in Tokyo as well, but I haven't experienced quite as many as that that I knew of in LA. That being said, uh, it's kind of <laughs> it's a mixed bag for me because I also was in Nashville before LA, and Nashville's oh. music city and has some of the best recording studios in America, and so. I, one of my best friends that I went to school with, like I still work with him. And so he did some engineering on some of these tracks. And so we actually ended up doing it remotely because he has access to this, all this incredible equipment and gear in Nashville, Tennessee, but I was here in Tokyo. And so we did some of that back and forth. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that because I don't speak Japanese very well yet, uh, the level of communication to be able to explain what I need and what I want is much harder. And so therefore LA is easier in that sense for me. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair I think, enough. I think, I think getting out there has what it has helped me the most it, as, just, as, as with uh, photography, you know, I, uh, I just kind of got sucked in, in, into that. You know, once uh, I found this assistant job, you know, I still do my own thing, but this assistant job, I have to speak and communicate in Japanese almost 100% of the time. Mm. My boss speaks English, and he doesn't speak the greatest English. So it's it's. I think you know, like I said before, just jump in it, man. Just jump it's in. Good. It. Jump in it, um, Josiah. Yes, sir. We're gonna play your song here in a minute. I'm excited. Uh, why don't you uh, Why don't you lead us into it, and then we'll uh, finish the call and play your song, and then we will do a little reaction to it. I've already listened to it. I think it's I think it's fantastic. So. Oh, oh, thank uh, you. Give man. us a sexy intro. Yeah, well, man, this song is like, I think it's probably on its fifth iteration. Um, I wrote this song with a good friend of mine, Casey Skinner, and uh, we were in LA, it was downtown LA, and this like super cool loft kind of studio in this like really old rundown building. And the goal was like, we just wanted to write something that was that was funky, and we actually had a whiteboard and wrote down everything, like any word uh, whether it be motorcycle, because I had motorcycles in LA, whether it's motorcycle, whether it's leather jacket, whether it's like soulful or sexy, wrote down all the words that we felt like pertained to me as an artist and the sound that I want. And once we narrowed it down, then we're like, okay, cool. We have all the words in our mind. Let's go. And so somehow, like, somehow that's just what came out. So when I started singing, it was just like this that was like the first thing and i was like "Ooh, i like that riff that feels good and so then i'm moving i'm standing up i'm walking around i'm like oh i, I like this and then i'm like I, I feel like it needs to go up like somehow it needs to go I just want some love. oh that's it that's it. i just and then it's like the words just oh, came out i'm like deal. i just want your love let's go let's go i just want you so then we're like we're both like walking around the room pacing I just want your love. and he couldn't sing so he was like i just want you love. And, and so then he just starts clapping he goes you you just keep singing don't, don't worry about <laughs> right, me you right, keep singing right, right. <laughs> and so they were like snapping we're clapping we're going and then man it came out i think less than an hour like it was just like boom 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 nice. done we're like oh shit this is we i like this all right all right how are we gonna record it now <laughs> Wow, that's a thing. Yeah, that's nervous pacing when you get a good song. I never thought of it. This is anxious pacing when you anxious get a good song. Pacing. <laughs> Title of the show. Um, yeah, man. Josiah, man, that's uh, awesome. We're going to play your song here. Thank you for calling in, taking the time on short notice. And this uh, segment, of course, was co-produced by More Than Music. Uh, mm -hmm. by Justin Sachs from More Than Music. More Than Music scours the Tokyo music scene to discover and bring together the highly talented artists in fun, high-quality, curated events. And if you're mm. interested, you can find More Than Music at www.morethanmusicjapan.com. I say the www to give people time to understand that it's a website they're hearing, even though you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> That's it, man. Good stuff. All right, Josiah, thank you very much for calling in. We're going to play your song and uh, take your easy. Let's uh, talk again sometime. Eh? Rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. Cheers, boys. Cheers, buddy. I used to be a face in the crowd, but I'll be 
I'm a different flame. I know you've been burned before. I don't play these games. I know you've been burned before. I'm a different flame. I know you've been burned before. I don't play these games. I just want to love. And that was I Just Want Your Love by Mr. Josiah Howley. Howley, I'm sorry. Felt like getting up and nervously, well, not ner- anxiously, anxiously pacing around the room. I wanted to get up like, yeah, this, yeah, this is <laughs> this, this this an amazing yeah. song. That's a nice song. It's super poppy, but it's not super dumb. And it's funky. It's right. riffy. Right. My right. favorite part is when the breakdown comes in. And they build it back up in little as time as possible. Right, right. They don't bother with the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, ba 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 ba. It's just like no, he's dun 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 dun, bam, and it hits you, man. It hits you, man. I I hear the Usher influence in there actually. Uh, yeah. I can hear the Usher influence in there. I listen to a lot of Usher. I can hear that. So that that's that's an amazing song. Yeah, I was that song came. Could I get a lot of songs coming in from time to time? And I'm often like, I'm not the best person in the studio either so i get it you no know one is right but, no one is uh, when this song came in i was like dang <laughs> it's like when your friends send you a song you're like oh yeah a great song i bro. played that song you know? for my wife this who is... doesn't listen to funk or right. pop and she was like this is really good who yeah, is this yeah. Yeah. yeah no this was this was nice man honest opinion this was nice um i think i will definitely tell somebody live on the show if the song if i didn't like the song because that's the best thing you can do as a musician we actually have a point later on today we're going to talk about about that same thing but that's a big thing as a musician is is giving honest feedback to your friends who are also musicians this is a good song man i liked it me too so we're going to do that later as in now all right you want to all right we're going to launch into that so for my uh, next next series that I'm going to talk about here, I have a thing about artists, and this is a great segue. I'm glad we had that song, wonderful song. Uh, so why don't artists support each other? Why are we crabs in a bucket? Because we are envious and jealous, and we have our own things to do, and we're tired of advertising for ourselves and having to do it for others as well. And the last thing you'd want to do is advertise for someone else. But what about the people who aren't musicians? Zabibur. It's about the people who uh, who follow you and who say they like your music, but don't actually do anything to support it. They give you a thumbs up. Hey, great song, man. I love your music. But I won't spend an extra 10 seconds of my day to share it because I know that's important. Yeah. And that led me to believe this, that maybe not everyone knows about how you can help a musician. Um, I meet a lot of non-musicians. Musicians are getting screwed in the whole um, uh, app economy. Musicians have been getting screwed since the screwdriver came out. Man. That's right. And Well, what I mean by that is up until the um, iPhone with the screen came out, right. most technological advancements were music-driven. MP3s, mm. MP3 players, mm. the original iPod. It was the need for music, right? Yeah, that, that the music was the essential component and the frequency of the technology. Mm. Mm-hmm. But when the iPhone came out, and now we can do banking and processing, basically the digits inside of a song are competing with the digitization of everything else. Right. So the the before a banker would use a Walkman and I would use a Walkman and we would listen to different songs. Right. But now with but the smartphone everyone had to buy a Walkman. Yeah. Right? But now with the smartphone, no one is using it for the same reasons or purposes generally speaking unless it's for social media, but even then your social media and my social media might be basically an, an entirely different social media. Right. So how do we combat that? Yeah. So I've got a I've got a a, a bit here that I've come up with as to what we can do to support one another. I think a lot of you guys listening are musicians. By the I way, it- I was thinking this year, I want to support other musicians and I want to share and I want to like, because through this pandemic and stuff like that, mm. we need to be cohesive. We do. We do. We need to gel. We need to be 
the blood cells that form the scab over the death of music. <laughs> so I had that one. I was thinking about that one. Yeah, so, man, you're good. No, that one's, yeah. yeah. So, so what we can do to support one another is, you know, you can like the post. You can share the post. Um, and But here's something a lot of people don't know. Yeah. A lot of applications such as TikTok see that share. What causes something to go viral, what causes something to be explosively popular is that initial group of 10, 15 people that say, wow, this is cool, as soon as they see it. So it's helpful if you have a group of friends who are willing to do that. Now, on my um, my Instagram, I have, I, have uh, I think I got like 10,000 followers or something. That's pretty and good. And it's great, right? But- all 10,000 of those people don't necessarily interact. I look at people using Instagram on the train and stuff. Right. Most of them are just scrolling they're until just scrolling. they get to where they need to go. And then right. they, so they're not actually interacting with your content or whoever's right. content is there. Right. They're, they're interacting, interacting with, with Instagram. The, with the Instagram. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. That's and so, how thing. do you stick out from that? Well, one way tits. is I have tits. I'm 31. I just turned 31 last week. And so one way is putting my tits on <laughs> Memories. <laughs> the glands of life. Yeah, but you look at some like girl who is like maybe a 6.5. She shows, shows a bit of cleavage. She gets 350 no, it's, likes. It's, it's serious. It's serious. Like that is, that's the hack. That's the hack tits for are the social ultimate media, man. social media hack. YouTube so hack as if well. if you're a musician and you have tits, then you're set. Fucking A. You're set. You're set. Yeah. But for those of us who don't, well, other than me, that who don't have tits, um, you know, what you can do to stick out to people is let the people closest to you know that this is th- these things are things that they can do to help your music out the most, i.e. posts. Like one of the effective things, one of the most effective things being reposting. And another thing you can do, because Instagram is popping, Instagram is the Insta- Instagram is the thing, the place to be right now. Yeah. Is on Instagram, and they won't tell you this in Instagram school. On Instagram, the algorithm only registers your comment as a comment if it's more than four words long. So that means if you post four thumbs up and say, great song, and you hit the thumbs up button four times because it's easy, then Instagram will not actually register your algorithm as as the algorithm won't actually register your comment as a comment. Yeah, garbage in, garbage important? out. Right, right. So why is this important? This is important because it decreases your chances of being on the Discover page. I've been trying uh, a few experiments, and the last four or five posts I've done, they've gotten on the Discover page. And that's been the difference between 2,000 people looking at you and 300 people looking at you. Right. So for musicians, that's important, right? We get paid off of streams. So how do musicians get likable content onto an image-based platform? Right when you're uh, when you're effectively a it's, audio form, it's by having a unique goal. It's by having a point. What like Matt Bigelow, right? You make music. What is the point of Matt Bigelow? Why should we follow Matt Bigelow? That's I, I really don't know. I'm really bad at marketing myself on social media. Always have been. I'm a terrible mess. Well, here we go. Here I got great equipment. I set up this whole thing, and I'm right. taking calls, and we got right. streaming, and everything's going on. It's super smooth. Right. Comes to advertising, I'm on the short bus. So there's a question that your fans, your listeners, your family, your friends are going to want to know. Why are you doing this? Because everyone's asked that question. As a musician, we never ask that question. But your fans, the people listening to you, your friends, your family, they ask. They say, well, why is this? Why should I stop? You know, yeah. like you said, everyone's scrolling on their phones. Why should they stop for you? There's one guy in Tokyo. I'm not going to mention his name, but he is a, a fashion designer, right? And I didn't know that until I saw that he was designing fashion at one point. Why do I follow his page? Why do I mess with his content? I don't know what is, where, where he came from or what he's here for. He just looks really cool, man. And he said something to me. He said, well, I got a tattoo on my face because I'm me. That's why I got a tattoo on my face. So I don't care what any of you think about it. That's why I got it, because I know I'm going to succeed. Someone like that, I can see they have a goal behind them. They have a driven uh, point behind them. So I think the best thing you can do to help your music, whether it's in a visual platform, whether it's an image base, whether it's music base, is by having a point and letting people know that. Maybe you already have a point, 
and you just haven't told you haven't people what your point it is. Well. It's clear, crystal clear to yourself, right. but it's right. completely vague to the rest of the world. You never need to say it to yourself. You don't require validation from yourself. Last thing I need is validation from little old me. Right. But as a musician, we do require validation from everyone listening to our music. Yeah. So that being said, the best thing you can do to acquire that validation is to tell people why you're actually making music. Yeah, I agree. Right on, man. So I was thinking finishing this, we got about, we got uh, studio time's kind of tight. So we're going to, I was going to do a stupid gaijin of the week. I'm sorry. I took your time. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. Um, not at all. This is, this is good. This is great. Hmm. I'm just looking at the clock going, do we have time for three stupid gaijin of the week stories? Let's do it. Launch off. Um, or I'm, I'm thinking about opposite. I'm thinking about going local. I'm thinking about going local. Okay. And, um, cause unfortunately a lot of the crime being done by, um, uh, foreigners in Japan at the moment that's being like written about hmm. is done by the Vietnamese who are out of work. Does that, is that I was going to say like the last two yeah, <laughs> today as well. I found, I met, I, oh my I God. still have one from a, like an American dude that just went and beat up somebody from like three months ago. Wow. But I'm looking at like foreign crime in Japan. It's like, Vietnamese, Vietnamese, right, Chinese right. sex massage parlor, right, Vietnamese. Right. I'm like, I don't want to bash these people like week after this week. This is like, just what's coming. That's man. not the point. When I first got here, being a stupid gaijin was being a stupid English teacher back in 2006. But now it's just being an intern in the middle of Guma Prefecture, right. losing your job and, and turning to selling drugs right. smuggled in and right. shrimp right. for some reason. Right, it's, that's what it is. It's really stupid. But uh, I was thinking about going, uh, taking another path. And this has to do with the, um, I'm, I want to play a, a little song here. In Tokyo, some drink on despite government request for bars to close at 8 p.m. So we had the second state of emergency called. Mm. And I, I remember the first one walking around Rapongi back in March of 2020, nothing. I could walk right. down the center of the street like I'm in a movie. Right. And I, like I'm the main star and I'm like, where is everybody? You know that episode but of the, the Twilight Zone where the guy like just goes to the library and everybody's and dead? And every, the whole city's dead. Yeah. Right, right. But I was thinking like it's the guy who just wants to watch porn all day and everybody's dead and he finally opens his browser right. and he breaks his cock. Oh my God. And where does he go to get medical attention? <laughs> no, nowhere. Where is you have where are all, all the of cock the doctors? porn in the world and a broken cock. <laughs> That's terrible, man. <laughs> I've cut my thumb before, but no. But it I being just broken is my just dick in half yeah, that's, with that's all crazy. the porn in the world and no one around to catch me and watch. He me. fell doing pull-ups in a terrible accident. That's right. All right. For Yuki Hamazono, it was a relief to find bars and restaurants in Tokyo flouting the Japanese government's request to close by 8 p.m. The 30-year-old financial trader was one of the many people out in the Shimbashi Nightlife District. I used to work there. It's pretty cool. During the first weekend of an expanded state of emergency, with the government urged citizens to stay home to contain the virus. Uh, while compliance has been high, uh, most people appear to be ignoring the state of emergency this time than the one last year. So I've noticed that when we're out and about after the podcast, when we're when I'm walking here, walking there, this state of emergency, right. no one really actually cares as right. much. People are wearing masks. People are kind of careful, but we're also like. We would have died by now if it was this serious. Yeah, you know? you know, people are like, "Don't get Corona on me, man." Like we're coming up to ten years of the Fukushima disaster, mm. and there's entire villages mm. that are marked out as being wiped. I haven't seen a single case of like this town. Ninety-five people died in the streets. It's always like that was all of them. Old folks dying at the age of eighty-five. It's so, been that way. The yeah, whole, the whole the entirety the entire of this. time. So. Anyways, quote, there are people who, um, uh, this guy who's out drinking, quote, there are people who can't have dinner until after 8 p.m., including me, <laughs> Hamazono said, citing his working hours. He and a friend were looking for a place to duck into among a jumble of izakayas on Shimbashi's narrow streets. So <laughs> people are floating it. The government's saying that they might punish people 500,000 yen for breaking the 
8 p.m. rule. Most I've noticed most like over 99% of the bars are closing in restaurants by yeah. 8 p.m. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, there's not like this sense of panic or anything like that. Right. It's kind of like they're just right. like, we have to close it. This is our curfew. Hopefully we have to- the government sends me some money. I don't know what's <laughs> right. going on. Here right. we are again. It's kind of hilarious because there's the about a year ago in March, everybody was on board. Right. We're gonna be we're gonna do this. We're all shut all, it all down. Shut it all down. There was no toilet paper in the grocery store where I live. That's right. There was the grocery store toilet paper panic drive. Um but the people that believe that there's a serious panic believe it even more than they do before. Right. So like people on news comments, t- comment sites, internet sites, they're saying like these people are selfish. I hope they die. If they have COVID, they shouldn't get the vaccine. Wow, that's it's crazy. I feel but like then, someone actually said that too. That, but I've seen a lot of those comments because <laughs> I, 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 my job requires me to read the news and I read right, the news a lot. Right. So I'm like reading all these comments and I'm like, these people are insane. What's wrong with these people? But then I go outside and I'm like, oh, there's there's a rift. A lot of people are just kind of like, mm, what it is is what it is. I'm right. gonna be careful, but I gotta do my shit. Dude, some people don't even care. But we are out of time and memory on today's podcast. So. We're going to leave it at that. Visit the podcast website at MatthewPMBigelow.com. That's www.MatthewPMBigelow.com. And where can people find you, Mr. 120? And it's your boy, 120, right here. Thank you for listening to the podcast tonight. Find me on Spotify at O-N-E-T-W-E-N-T-Y. That's 120. Thank you guys for listening this year, and be careful. Thank you for listening. Take her easy, and see you next time.